Okay, so we're live. Welcome back to the Magic Minds Podcast. I'm Matt Bork. How are we all getting on? Uh, happy Pride weekend. Uh, hope you all had a good Pride uh, weekend. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our last show. It's a pity we didn't have the show this week because of the week that was in it. It's Pride week. But look, I've got loads of feedback about it. Uh, people really enjoyed it. It was really touching. Uh, as I thought, people would really get Dr. Carl. He's a really, really lovely guy. Uh, it was a great conversation. It just it just makes it all normal, you know. Uh, so it was lovely to talk to an expert around that and it tied into the whole Pride weekend, which was brilliant. One thing I would... Uh, oh, sorry, I'll come back to this. Sorry about the camera. I had it on narrow view. A few people were on to me about saying that the, the, actually the quality of the picture and there was a black line around it. Again, I had another absolute meltdown with the camera. I pressed something that I shouldn't have and I had to bring it back to Kev, the technical legend. And he sorted it out for me. So hopefully it's a bit better this week. Actually, a listener, a friend of mine, uh, has said he might be able to help us with a camera for the show. So we might have a different setup. And that'll be another fucking uh, adaption I'll have to get used to. And I'm sure I'll make a balls of that as well. But sure, we'll get there in the end. That's the, the moral of the story. Uh, what was I going to I was going to say something to you there. Fuck. Oh, something that just sprung to my mind and it was on uh will st ledger will st ledger was on the show with us a while back and he's involved in the whole uh campaigning and activists around aids and hiv and he put up a post there from the where are they from let me have a look bum 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 uh the hpsc and it gives the t- statistics around sexually transmitted diseases. And uh, this is absolutely alarming. Uh, 146 cases of chlamydia a week. Uh, 56 cases or 54 cases of gonorrhea. 19 syphilis. And 16 cases of HIV a week in Ireland. Fuck me. That is an epidemic. That is shocking. That is shocking. Look, I don't know how we solve this. I'm sure education, educational skills, talking about it, protecting ourselves. Uh, you know, if you have kids, if you're a family member, just remind them, you know, if they're single or if they're not single, just protect yourself. I don't know what the demographics of this is. I don't know if it's young males, young females, uh, transgender, LGBTQ, heterosexual, whatever. I don't know. I actually don't know the statistics. I'm just, it's shocking, but it is affecting Irish human beings and that's something that we need to look at. Uh, so yeah, have, have a look. Go, go check uh, HBSE. Uh, they're on Twitter. They're on Instagram as well and, and follow it, you know. And we don't hear anything about this in the, the news. You know, we hear about, you know, road safety. We hear about, you know, using your seatbelt. We hear about, you know, drink driving, uh, obesity, uh, fucking disease, whatever, whatever. But we don't hear about this. Why is this? Why why are we not talking about sexually transmitted diseases? Is Ireland gone backwards? This should be on the on the on the front page. This this is bananas, absolutely bananas. I just couldn't get over it. Uh, Sixteen cases of HIV. I know it's not like a death sentence anymore, but come with that is a stigma. There's a stigma attached to having HIV. There's a stigma attached to any kind of uh, diverse groups, whether it be or also mental health, uh, your sexuality. You know, this is nuts. Why are we not talking about this? So there, look, that's a rant over. I just, I was just shocked by that. Uh, hopefully, we can bring some awareness around it, and people can uh, mind their own behaviour and then look out for family members or if their kids or brother or sister or whatever. Uh, yeah. So that's my little rant over about uh, sexually transmitted diseases. Uh, on the show today, I have psychotherapist, uh, transactional, uh, transactional analysis expert, uh, Dr. Jason Brennan. 
uh, or Jason Brown, he's not a doctor, but I don't think he is. Uh, but he wrote this book also uh, with co-author uh, Brent Pope. Brent Pope, uh, Win, Proven Strategies for Success in Sport, Life and Mental Health. It's a fantastic book. He's a fantastic guy. He's an active uh, practitioner in psychotherapy and transactional analysis. I love transactional analysis. I had actually forgot, <coughs> excuse me, I had forgot that it was something that he talked about when he done a, a talk in the hospital that I work in, the National Rehabilitation Hospital. I forgot he talked about that. And it was only during the interview we brought it up and I was like, fuck. I forgot about that, and I love it. It's something uh, that I'm really passionate about, and I read a bit on it. Uh, but he's an acting, an active. Jesus, I'm losing my words today. He's an active uh, psychotherapist. So he he has a website. I'll add the links to that, and then also he has the book. And I would highly recommend him. And I don't say that lightly. I've been around uh, many a psychotherapist, uh, psychiatrist, counselling psychologist. So when I recommend somebody, I know and I know. You know when you know. Uh, my BPP, Behavioural Propensity Profile, is open. I use a lot of emotional terms and language. So I pick up on these things and I pick up on when somebody is authentic around that kind of uh, profession. Uh, some people are in it just for the, the profession and the money, but he is genuinely interested in humanity. In humanity, He's generally interested in the well-being of people. He was very generous with his time. He was very generous with his uh, his knowledge. This is a fantastic book, and if that's something that you would like to to avail of a service like that, I would definitely, I would definitely recommend you checking him out. As I say, we'll put his uh, he has a website and a practice in town. We'll put up his contact details, and I would also recommend checking this book out. It's fantastic. Yeah, as I talk about in the interview, it's very simplistic. It's very uh easy to apply there's not too much jargon there's lots of visualization there's lots of uh you know other tints and tips and mental health skills that you can uh pick up from it's brilliant so we just we talk about stress we talk about you know uh using mental skills to help you around stress and then using these strategies then to become successful in life sport mental health whatever way you want it they're all transferable and there's loads of er experiential experience you know whether that be from his own practice from uh the sports people he worked with tons himself and brent pope they've worked with tons of high uh profile sports people and it's all documented in here you know their insights and uh experiences all in here and he shared it with me in the interview so it was a fantastic interview hopefully you will really enjoy it uh myself and aaron uh, were over in his house and it was just brilliant but the two of us came away from it we were absolutely buzzing and um, i could have talked for hours you know i, I you know, you get lost in the conversation but we have to try keep it under an hour you know because you know people lose their attention after an hour apparently and so we try to keep the interviews with under an hour uh so that's that's that interview uh we've got a few cracking ones coming up we've atuli mitra uh from the buddhist center i have my friend and colleague and uh, dr trasa kenny coming up next she's an absolute gem you know we're talking about all sorts of uh inequalities and mediation it's it's a it's a brilliant interview and i hope you really enjoy it uh, as always I'll thank my sponsor, Noel Royley from Rooney Media and Jamie do fantastic work helping us out with the podcast. Uh, we're also looking into starting a website. We really want to get the website off the ground. 
uh, why do I want to get a website off the ground? Because there's tons of content that I want to put out that I can't put out just on this. I want to get bringing uh, guest writers to do stuff on mental health, spirituality, nutrition, training. Because not everybody listens to podcasts. Some people like to read. They like to dip in and dip out. So we're having the, uh, the website there. People can go on, check out our stuff, check out our blogs. I'll put up some posts I wrote uh, when I was back doing my degree on nutrition and health. And so we can throw there. I want it to be a bit of a melting pot. You know, just like the podcast, you know, I want to be something for everyone. We've also linked back in with the charity, uh, Shannon Hopeline. I would like to put them uh, as our supports going forward. They're an absolutely amazing resource in the Liberties in the Dublin area. You know, mental health, awareness, suicide prevention, low-cost uh, counseling therapy. So, yeah, we, we were going to be linking back in with those guys. And it'll be at the end of our uh, show notes if you want to uh, check out those services. So that's, I think that's it for now. Uh, let you listen to the interview. As always, mind your little self. Practice self-compassion. Be kind to yourself. Say nice things to yourself. Say the things to yourself that you wouldn't, that you would say to a friend or a family member or a pet. You know, treat yourself with the same kindness and compassion, and you will then be able to radiate and give that out to the world. Okay, so enjoy the interview, and I will talk to you all soon. Have a fantastic day. Take care. Oh. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, all the podcasts, whatever way where you want to find us, subscribe, send us comments, send us feedback. It doesn't have to be positive. It can just be anything. If you have any interest in a show that you'd like us to do, or if you have anyone that you would like to recommend, I'm looking at a couple of shows at the moment uh, that I'd like to do. I'd like to do something on autism. I would definitely love to do stuff on IVF, you know, couples. I have a friend of mine. Uh, that we used to go to school together he's an absolute legend of a lad sound he's been regularly listening to the podcast he's going to come on maybe and talk about his uh him and his his girlfriend's journey through the whole ivf process and that is a difficult that's you know just like mental health just like uh disabilities there's a lot of stigma around that as well and he's going to come on i'd love to talk to him and her and what it's like for him as a man and her as a woman and hopefully that to be some learning in that for other couples that are out there that uh, that are hoping to go through it or have been through it or if you're a person that may be judging somebody i've done that and then you listen to this and it's always when we hear people's stories that we, we don't dehumanize them we go ah oh, fuck that must be difficult for you but when we don't we kind of go oh we make judgments oh, i do i do it all the time but it's only when we connect with people and understand their the hurt or the struggles that they have we can we can uh we can understand what it's like at a human level so right that's it rant over uh, enjoy the interview and I will talk to you all later. Okay, so we're live. Welcome back to the Magic Minds podcast. I'm Matt Bork. On the show today, I'm joined by author Jason Brennan. Jason, how's it going? I'm good, Matt. I'm good. Great to be here. Thanks. I'm absolutely delighted to have you on the podcast. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you for making the time. And uh, thanks for all the great stuff you've been saying as well. I saw the little um, kind of intro you did to this, I think it was a week ago or something like that, when you were reading the book, I was really, really uh, chuffed. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he called the book savage. So <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, that's a compliment. <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, I love being back in Ireland again with all these these great uh, terms we have that are not kind of used uh, much else. Deadly means it. good. Brutal <laughs> means good. It can be good as well. Yeah, oh, it's brutal. <laughs> Deadly, brutal, yeah. sick. Yeah. Of course, we use the F bomb all the time in many different ways. Often yeah. good, some not so good. You know. Yeah, it's you know you can you can you can use all, all sorts of the Irish language. Can't you? Can be yeah. 
Yeah. The way we use it. Yeah. Is, I mean, having traveled and having lived in lots of other places in the world, we're fairly unique with how we can use language uh, and get our get our message across. Because I used to yeah. work with, with a couple of English lads on the building site and they couldn't get over the way I used to, to use deadly mm. and brutal in the same thing. Like, what do you actually mean, you know? Uh, there's another few other things now I won't say them here, but they couldn't no. get it. <laughs> well, it gets people thinking, eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've asked uh, Jason on the show because Jason is the author of the book, this book here. It's called Win Proven Strategies for Success in Sport, Mental Health and Life. Yeah, yeah, it's a big kind of lofty title. Do you know what's funny, actually? If I had a do over, I'd probably call the book Winning. Okay. Because that was a phrase I, me and my mates used to use when we were kids. You know, when we met each other, you're winning. Uh, which has kind of gone out of fashion, mm. but uh, I love I love the word winning because it's uh, it's a verb, it's a doing thing, whereas win is a noun, it's a name of something. So if I had to do over, I'd probably call it winning. Right. But at the moment, so maybe win two will be called winning. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for it. Poor Aaron had to listen to me say this about ten times the way out. Win proven strategies for success in sport, mental health, and like no, that's not it. Say it again. Yeah. It was like it was like we nearly turned into the life of Brian. People's. The Judeans people fronted the, the people's front of Judea. I'm like, oh fuck, and he goes, you make a balls of this when we get out there. No, no, I won't. You did it well, no, you no. did it well. So, so it's a big long title, but it's uh, brilliant. And actually, one of, one of the um, one of the things about the title was the word proven. You know, because you, you know, often when you use that word, you've got to watch out. Like, mm. Is it proven? Um, and I stuck to my guns to say it was proven because of all the people we interviewed, they were the ones who used these mental skills, and they're very successful. In mm. using these mental skills. So in my book, they proved it, or they are still proving it. So that's how I, I got that word in there, proven. Yeah, you know, and it's, I know people go on about research and all these uh, analytical mm. findings and all that, but anecdotal evidence and, you know, practical proven skills are the way forward, you know. Absolutely. People experience, the lived experience, and that's what's in this book. Yeah, and it is very much the practical side. You know, um, can we use these skills? Absolutely. You know, can we actually integrate them into our everyday life to improve things? And the answer is yes, we can. And and this has been proven by all of these fantastic sports people who have done this. Mm. They have brought these skills into their everyday life as part of their sport, but not just that, as part of their uh, own sense of well-being and, and how they are in the world and the kind of things that they want to achieve. So a lot of the stuff in the book is very practical for that reason. Yeah, and that's what I probably liked about it the most. It was very visual. It was jargon-free, mm. uh, very simplistic. It probably tells a lot about me. And it was just go-to, simplistic tools to use. And, yeah, this is what I tried. This is what worked for me. And then you can give it a go. You know, it wasn't, I, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it wasn't like you were inventing the wheel again. Absolutely. And that's what I, f- I found when you'd done the talk out in the hospital. This is, I made it all very normal and simplistic, and anyone can take it home and give it a crack. Absolutely. And, and one of the biggest findings in, for example, uh, resilience research, is that actually the most resilient tools are the simplest. Mm. You know, don't overcomplicate it. And that's what we do. Generally, we, we have a problem and then all of a sudden it becomes a big monster with legs and teeth and arms. and Absolutely. So we, we kind of make it bigger than it is. But if we get back to the very simple things, like, for example, we were talking just before we started about mindfulness and, and uh, breathing. Mm. Get back to just slowing down your breath. How simple is that? But that can actually physically change what's going on in your body, which will clear your mind. So we, we don't have to make it hard. And that's one of the, the um, purposes of the book, which, and also we were talking about it being a, a, an audio book. Make it even more simpler. 
you know, listen to it. <laughs> you don't, you know, people are time poor. If you, if you can get the book, I love, I love books myself, but I'm a bit tactile. But if, 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 you, if you can't get the book, listen to it because it's only about six or eight hours long. You could do that in the car. I've do done it, yeah. I've done I, I went and bought the book, but then I realised you had talked in the hospital and you had said you had it on the Audible and you really enjoyed it. And that had slipped down my mind for one of the girls in the job remind me and I was like, oh, you nutty. So now I have the book and the Audible. So I was able to use that for taking me notes and then the Audible for listening to it. And I, I added up really, you know. Yeah, so I'm pleased you paid for it twice. Yeah, that's <laughs> all about. But one of the beauties... It's coming out of Aaron's, Aaron's with us again today. It's coming out of his, uh, his wages. I feel guilty now. Yeah. But one of the uh, one of the lovely things about the book we were talking about is, is the symbol, which doesn't quite come across uh, on the audio, the, mm. the active reflection symbol, that, yeah. the Celtic symbol that's in the book, and I'm really pleased that's there. I had to fight for that to get in there. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the beauties of reading it. We'll get, we'll get on to that. Mm. Do you know, I'd love you to start us off, and I thought it was brilliant when you started the, the talk in the hospital, was... What's your mission in life? Yeah, yeah, I talk, whenever I give a talk, I talk about my mission. And it's something I, that's, uh, I've kind of um, sat with for some time. It's, it's uh, upon reflection, it's why I became a psychotherapist in the first place. But sometimes you have to sit down and kind of piece it together and write your own sentence as to actually, what, what are you going to do with your time on this planet? Uh, and I realized, you know, my mission is to influence and reduce the effects of anxiety and depression globally. Uh, because they're getting way out of hand. It's and it's it's touching all nations. It's not, you know, we're here in Ireland and Dublin, but it's it's all over the world. And it's one of the reasons I wrote the book because as a psychotherapist, and I love being a psychotherapist, and I love people coming and talking with me and, and working through problems and finding solutions and uh, just sharing themselves and me sharing myself with them. But I realize as a psychotherapist, I'm not going to affect the world globally if I'm just doing it one on one. You know, five six uh, clients a day, five days a week. They're not huge numbers. Yeah. So if I'm actually going to go out and influence uh, what's going on in the world, I have to have a broader kind of reach. And that's why I uh, wrote the book, was so more people can read it, more people can listen to it, more people can integrate uh, these skills into their mm. everyday life uh, and go back like a resource. I mean, the beauty about having the book is you can go back you know, in a year's time and something might pop into your head and go, what's going on? And Oh, yeah, what was that thing I read? Boof, and you go back to page 60. And read it again. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. So I'm very pleased it's there. It was a bit of a um, kind of a bucket list I had, you know, that I hadn't wanted oh, yeah. to write a book. There was a few more books in me. The audio was a surprise. That that really uh, pleased me. And I talk about it at the at the, um, the workshops too, how much you can develop in a lifetime. Because I, mean, I had dyslexia when I was a kid. Really. So uh, reading out loud was oh, reading out loud in class was just not good. Yeah. Uh, the anxiety, the sweats, the blurriness, the stumbling over the words because I'd see the letters backwards. So it would really freak me out. So here I am years later being asked to do an audio book. Wow. Uh, which took about four days. Now, that the day one challenged me. And I had to use a lot of skills really? in the book just to calm myself, just to see my own words, really, but just to work it through. But by the end of it, I, I loved it. I'd love to do another one. Deadly. Yeah, deadly. Oh, I thought it was fantastic. I loved it. What was what was your life life that led you up to psychotherapy? Give us a little background to that. What brought yeah. you that direction? Yeah, I, um, I, I mean, I'm born here in Dublin. I was Dundrum, pretty much, is where, where I grew up and step aside. And uh, I, in school, 
you know, I didn't, I didn't excel in any way. I think probably because of dyslexia, but there were certain things that I was interested in. But as a teenager, I, you know, I, I think I, I discovered philosophy, and uh, I just started reading little bits about um, humans. You know, the, the, you know, who are we? Where do we belong in, in this big world? Uh, and then when I um, came to do my uh, leaving cert, uh, I hadn't realised, but about second or third down choice was a course in philosophy. And uh, I got enough points for that, and, and it just bumped me up. And I, all of a sudden, I said, oh, gosh, I'm doing two years of philosophy. Great. Hadn't quite thought about it, but I loved it because it was about finding out about humans and history and all this kind of great stuff. Now, as part of that course, they had a semester in psychoanalysis, and I, uh, I loved the reading for that, and uh, I kind of excelled in that class, and partly because of the tutor, mm. I think, as well. And I finished, and he said, look, you're really good. We've just set up a three-year psychoanalysis degree. Would you be interested? It'd be like the second year going through it. And I said, sure. Now, of course, I had not any grand plan mm. <laughs> in terms of what I was going to do with philosophy and psychoanalysis. I was just really interested in, uh, in you know, these, these great writers and uh, how they were exploring the human experience or the human condition, some people call it, and how we get on and when we don't get on and mm. when things don't go well. Yeah. Which, which, you know, has been happening for, you know, as long as we've been alive as humans. Um, so I did the, the psychoanalysis and um, loved it. And then I took off to New Zealand, actually, uh, back in the year 2000. And while I was over there, I didn't work in the field mm. yet. I was just more interested in the study. Uh, and when I was over there in Wellington, New Zealand, there was a big community in, in Transactional analysis, which is a I a, love that. Yeah, me too. Is a child, parent, and adult. Correct. Isn't that the tree? Yeah, I love it. Pack model, and I love it too, because one of the reasons you were saying about the book, you know, some of the stuff that I did with the psychoanalysis was tough reading. Yeah. And tough to, um, kind of transfer it to other people. You know, the information because it was originally mostly written in German, mm. which doesn't translate overly well. Yeah, yeah. Lost so, in translation. Uh, some of it. Some of it is. Um, so I, I said, oh, yeah, no, I want to study TA. And as part of TA in Wellington uh, for the four-year course, I had to see clients. Oh, I had to do my own therapy first mm. or as part of it, yeah. uh, individual and group therapy, and then I had to see clients. So that gave me the big push to really get into becoming a therapist just mm. to pass that course and never look back. So I started slowly with a couple of clients and then built up a, a practice and finished my day job and swapped over because I was a manager as well mm. at the same time, um, a corporate manager, um, and then just just drove to the psychotherapy side. Brilliant. And I've been doing that for about 20 years now. Hard to tell, eh? <laughs> <laughs> How long are you back in Ireland now? Only just clicked over a year. So we right. had about 16 and a half years in, uh, in New Zealand, then about a year and a half little adventure in Sweden, uh, which is where I predominantly wrote the book, was in Sweden. It was great. With this great little house and the snow. So you had a little writer's block, did you? Did you go off and find yourself in isolation? And no, no. I have a friend who does that. It goes to a caravan. Whenever he wants to write, he takes off to a caravan. Yeah, and I know people there. that do that. Yeah, no, I, I, I could live with that. I could do that as well. But mm. um, no, part of the deal was uh, I took some time off work to write the book and take care of the kids while we were in Sweden. While my wife, uh, um, one of her big dreams was to work for Spotify and um, 
so when we were heading back to Europe, she applied to Spotify and they, they hired her and they relocated her. So she, she was living her dream. So I said, I'll take care of the kids because it's a different culture. You know, Swedes are great at English, but it's, it is Sweden, so mm-hmm. it's a different language. Yeah, of course. So I said, I'd, I'd take a year out, mind the kids, write the book. And uh, that's what I did. And I loved it. And I, I had this picture, funny enough, when I was thinking about writing a book many years ago. I think it had to do with the, I don't know if you remember, Misery. You remember the, the, the book, Stephen oh, King book yeah, called Misery? And, and the great movie about broke it. man's legs in the bed. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty that's gruesome. I remember it. Yeah. But uh, I had, the, the poster for that is this is Snowy. And for some reason I had it in my head that uh, I'd love to write a book in a, in a place where there's snow. Uh, and then it ended up exactly that. I finished the book and I looked outside. And it was snowing like heaps, because uh, Sweden snow, snows a lot in Sweden. Jesus. And that was that was an indication. Oh, I'm on the right track here. If you think about mission, I said, oh. I'm on the right. The universe is telling me I'm on the right track here. Oh, no, you just talked about that earlier. You know that must be a sign. And I'm all about those. You know yeah, whatever yeah. I see, I've forever seen numbers one 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 two 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 three 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 or things will pop up. You know like things that are related to something else. I'm all about like affirmations and being on the right path. And, yeah, I think I think every now and again we do get a few little signals oh, 100%. to let us know that we are, and also some that let us know that we're not. And yeah. often, uh, this is where you know a lot of anxiety and depression come from, which is that we're not on the right track. Actually, uh, you know, our insides are telling us, and we're fighting against that. Well, it's giving us a bit of a clue. Uh, we may be fighting against it, or we just don't know a way out. Okay. Um. So I mean, this is this is what I do you know, as a therapist. You know, when people talk to me. Uh, about what's been going on to this point um it's, often it's energy we'll talk i think a little bit about mm. that that's stuck mm. and it's been played over and over and over again in the same way so how do we how do we create a different avenue for that energy to come out and i speak about it in the book often you know uh, through it doesn't even take that long through some some therapeutic sessions you can free up a heap of energy mm. to uh, make some great decisions which can lead to massive things Absolutely. Yeah, the Irish phrase massive you know it can massive, lead to yeah. massive as in great but also massive as in taking on a journey massive is not just be- beautiful you know massive so no she's massive yeah that means she's gorgeous <laughs> also massive means gigantic right too you know massive yeah. means just really bleeding solid. deadly <laughs> uh, since you've been back in Ireland what's the state of play as regards to wellness and all where are we at with that really uh, what's your thoughts <laughs> to a degree struggling you know, the, the numbers are there. Uh, uh, one in six people suffer from uh, depression annually here in Ireland. And one in four of us will suffer from a mental health illness in our lifetime. Uh, and that's not unusual because we're actually living longer, yeah. which is a good thing. You know, we're getting about two and a half healthy years every decade, I think it's clocking up. So we're living an awful lot longer than our parents, our grandparents and, mm. and previous generations. But it means we bump up against uh, a lot of stuff in our journey. And things are moving quite rapidly. I mean... Um, I just did a talk to you today, and if, if you think about this year, it's the 50th anniversary of landing on the moon. Wow. Uh, now, when we landed on the moon, there was 3 billion people in the world. We're now clocking over 9 billion. So in 50 years, we've like tripled. Uh, now, that's a lot happening on this planet. Uh, and the internet, you know, I think the internet's only, is it probably only 20 years old? Is it, yeah. Yeah, so we, we take it for granted, but there was a time when there wasn't the internet. It wasn't all the stimulus. So we're getting a lot coming at us. Some of it great stuff, some of it not. Some of it, you know, there's some stuff coming out about social media, which is not so great in Facebook. Um, but if, if we track back to here in Ireland, uh, we're, we're, there's, there's areas where we're struggling. Young people are struggling. For sure, the anxiety levels in young people are going higher, and it's starting at a younger age. 
than before. So there's there's young nine year olds, eight nine year olds talking about feeling very. Why anxious. is that? Is it because we're using the language around them? Is it because they're exposed, or is it because I know there's not one no, reason multiple, for there's any, multiple there's factors. There's multiple factors. But to a degree, you're right. We're using the word anxiety not correctly. It's like a little bit of a catch-all when it might mm. actually be excessive worry. Yeah, yeah. We're saying yeah. anxiety, uh, like we say uh, stress. When, mm. um, there's lots of good stress. Um, so we use it. Is, is it good or bad stress? Which kind of stress are we talking about? Um, but in general, you know, the, the pace of life is getting getting faster. You know, we're spending uh, a lot of time in a very sedentary way. You know, like we're we're, we're sitting for long periods. In, in transport mm, or when absolutely. we get to work so we're we're, we're not um, as fit as we used to be we have to make an effort to get fit if that makes sense mm. um, and again our diets change there's, there's multiple factors coming in globally so it's not an Irish thing no but in, in the UK I think about 40% of the um, the GP consultations are mental health related uh, here in Ireland a bit better it's 20% um, but it's still you know quite high for you know, in theory, we're doing well economically and, um, you know, most of us are not in, in major needs of stuff, but we're still psychologically struggling. Mm. So there's a curious thing. Yeah. I love the little exercise that you're doing in the job that day when you got me done the stress exercise. You're gonna, was it, what did you say? <laughs> you're going to make them sing or what was it? And I don't know if we can give my secrets away because... <laughs> oh, is that like, well, I, well, I have to cut that out, Aaron. <laughs> no, not at all. So one of, 18 yeah. minutes, 23 seconds. <laughs> no. One of the things I like to do is, is um, you know, when we're talking about stress, it's it's good to actually feel it. Oh. You know, I put my hand here because one of the places you feel it is when your heart rate goes up, yeah. you know. Uh, so sometimes I ask people, uh, surprise them by saying, I'm going to pick on somebody to sing a song. Now, in an instant, by me saying that, uh, stress chemicals will flood people's system. You know, their heart rate would go up. They might freeze. They might look down. They might want to get out of there. Oh, I want to get out of this room. I never said I was going to sing. Uh, but I don't, you know, I don't make them sing. But I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm showing them how quickly. Some... <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked seeing that uh, massacre. Well, I did. I did one in um, stampede out the door. Uh, in in another organisation, and they gave out to me for not letting them sing. Oh so yeah, I was like, uh, I wanted to see a few of them singing. <laughs> Couple Look, of Mac told, the knife I'm fans, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you do this in different in different cultures, like the Ireland. Mm. You know, in Ireland, we've got great singers, and we like a bit of crack. Yeah, you know, we're a, drink. A, bit, a bit more reserved. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they, they may not sing, and they might, but they'll still probably get the same reactions. You know, because you've been called on in a public arena to do something, you might be picked on. So mm. boof, heart rate goes up, and they feel butterflies and they sweat and stuff. But that's that's natural. And that's supposed to happen. That's why I do it. Mm. And that can that those chemicals and that energy can be very very useful if we know what to do with it, mm. as opposed to about getting overwhelmed or shrunk by. Mm. Like when I came in here, it was absolutely terrible. I get really stressed and yeah. I get really anxious. Well, not stressed, sorry. I get really nervous and because there's so much external things or things I have to do and they're all coming together. But then I also get excited because the bigger pictures I want to do the interview and have the chats with someone. Exactly. And, you know, fear and excitement, they're very similar chemicals going on in the body. You know, mm. some people love roller coasters and the idea of going on a roller coaster. Some people go, you know, no way. The mm. idea just freaks them out. It's the same chemicals, but it's it's about um, it's about figuring out how you want to be with that. Mm. You know, like you were saying. I mean, you're here because you want to do it. Oh yeah. As opposed to the, the fear making you stay away, and for lots of people, the fear makes them stay away from doing fantastic things, and they might miss out on an awful lot. So part of what I teach um, in some of the exercises is how to recognize those feelings, those physiological sensations, those thoughts, and change them. 
you know, improve them for the better so you can get more out of yourself, you know. And believe me, you know, I've worked with lots of uh, athletes and elite sports teams. You know, you're supposed to get those butterflies, you're supposed to get, you know, the juices going. And if you're yeah. not, then actually you're, you're not up for the challenge. Yeah. Like, you know, so if they're not there, there'll be a question mark. Absolutely. You used a great quote in the present day as well. What is, what stress? Yeah. Yeah. Can you share that with us? You said to me, or you, you explain what stress is. It was a great quote. I can't remember what, what it was. Oh, uh, oh, I meant to write it down. I have it here. Talk about the stress quote. Do you not remember it? I had the notes. Explain, no. explain what stress is then. That'll do. Well, there's, well, there's three different types of stress cool. is, is what I talked about. So, uh, again, it's, it's, it's a little bit more complex than what we, what we use as the word stress. So stress is common everyday stressors, you know. So when, when we wake up, um, you wake up into, you know, money is part of the world now. So the, there's bills and mortgages and stuff like that. They shouldn't be a surprise. They're an everyday stress. Traffic. The weather can be, uh, you know, a, a form of stress, but we need the weather. Mm. You know, we need it to rain. You know, we, we need uh, sunny days too. So these are, these are common everyday stresses. They shouldn't be a surprise. Then there's distress. And distress is when is not good stress in any way. It's when uh, there's a lot of stressors externally and internally, because we can kind of stress ourselves out by how we're thinking. Uh, when uh, too many of these stressors build up in our system physiologically, we, we move into distress, and distress uh, severely affects our performance and severely affects our mental health and our well-being. And then the third one is eustress. A lot of people don't know about eustress, yeah. which is uh, you, you is uh, Greek for well or good, so EU stress. Uh, so good stress is when we set ourselves a challenge, uh, not because we have to, but because we want to. So uh, climbing a mountain or mm. doing a marathon or learning to sing or learning, doing this. This yeah. is you, you stress for you. You know, you're not, you know, um, this is not your primary job. So you're, you're putting time and effort. Mm. You're doing it in the evening. You, you have to go back and cook. So that's you stress because you, you really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hobbies, you know, I talk about hobbies. Remember people used to have hobbies with us. Yeah. They're kind of gone by the wayside. But that was you stress. It was very, very good for us. And it's, we're not doing enough of it because that kind of energy kind of distracts our mind from the everyday kind of noise and puts us in a, in a good space and often works different parts of our brain that we're not normally using or our body if you think about getting fit to climb a mountain. So the three different types of stress and we, we, we need to have, well the stress is always there, we want to stay away from distress and know when this, what the signs and symptoms are and then use stress, we need to factor some of that in. Choir singing by the way is, is here and there, there's a brilliant form of use stress. Yeah. Yeah, because you're doing a, a, a very straightforward kind of motion, singing, you know, and usually it's not overly complex words, mm. but you're also doing it in a group. So it's teamwork. Mm. Yeah. And then often there are... Safe like, and packs. Well, that as well. And often there's a, like a competition. So you, you go and do these um, practices to go and do it live in front of somebody, you know, or uh, try and win a competition. So it's, it's a brilliant form of use stress, quiet singing. Yeah. As you said, stress is natural. We need stress. We need stress. We want to finish an assignment for college. It's not to psychiatrist today, but yeah. deadlines. If you didn't have it, you wouldn't get the... You wouldn't do as much. Yeah. You need them to push against. Yeah. You know, become, oh, the, we become quite efficient, hey, when the deadline's going to fall. Yeah. And we, we need it, but people just have this binary effect that, oh, stress is a bad thing, and I don't, I don't even want it in my life at all. And they try to eliminate it then through drink, drugs, whatever. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, understanding that it's. If if you think about, and we're lucky now at the moment that unemployment is very very low. But if if you think about um, countries where unemployment is very very high, I mean, uh, they may not be getting a lot of that use stress that kind of uh, challenges themselves because they haven't got a a very structured day to day thing to go to with deadlines. So that can severely uh, affect the mental health because what they're doing is sitting around a lot, not Mm. intentionally, but sometimes we need other people to give us deadlines. Yeah. As we do in work, you know, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 very good to create our own and then have some uh, for us to work towards. One of the challenges, and I talk about this in in, in uh, the sessions, is if too many deadlines fall at the same time, mm. that's a watch out that can push us over into distress. Too many uh, plates spinning at once. That's right, that's right. So we've just got to watch. We've got to pace ourselves and use some of these skills. And you talk about that in the book: warning signs and roadblocks. Yeah. Talk us a little bit about that. Oh, well, we we're always communicating. You know, you know, the basis of transaction analysis, for example, is is figuring out what what we're saying, whether it's verbally or physiologically. There's always communication going on in our body, and same with other people. You know, so you and I are communicating there verbally with eye contact and and with our body behaviorally, but people are communicating even though they might not be saying anything. So if somebody comes in, you can tell pretty quick. Uh, their mood if you're if you're tuned into it are you tuned into that or did you always have that as a child because i think i've got a good innate you know i can pick danger because it's usually yeah. it's a it's a protection mechanism it's trying to keep us safe and so when someone comes in we can tend we can suss out whether it's tension or it's happiness do you have that i think i think some people are better at it than others i mean this is this is like uh, uh, eq emotional intelligence uh, or empathy skills mm. so you know a lot of a lot of young kids can get a sense of how mom or dad feel uh, without them actually saying it. Yeah, know, like I'm good with that. Yeah. So you, you just get a sense, you know, and some kids are great at going and checking at mom or dad if they're looking a bit low. You know, how are you okay? You know, mm. can I do anything for you? They just get this sense in themselves. And we, we now know there's certain things called mirror neurons that go on in our brain, which means yeah. you're actually sensing what's going on in somebody else's brain to a certain degree. Uh, and some people are more attuned to that than others as a therapist you work on that achievement so you just become better at it it's like working any muscle you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that's that's what a lot of therapists do is they work that particular muscle the, 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 the empathy skill muscle so they can pick up subtleties and pick it up a bit more quicker uh, about how somebody's feeling mm, the language that they use and yeah the, and they might invite certain feelings as well limitations yeah, yeah. but we can certainly all do it uh, but certainly with warning signs, and I talk about this a lot, if, if you know your warning signs, then that's the good thing to listen to because it keeps you away from distress. And that's when you kind of things are hiding yeah. up. Do you know what I mean? If you have close friends or colleagues who know your warning signs as well, if you've shared them, they can help you mm-hmm. and vice versa. If you know their warning signs and you see, you know, oh, you know, Mary's very, very quiet today. What's going on? You know, Mary's normally not like that. You know, yeah. How's Mary? Let's go. Let's go for a walk with Mary. Uh, so, um, warning signs are great because you know the more you, the more you know them, the more you have to share them, uh, the more you can pick up on on what's going on in somebody's life and help them where possible. Brilliant, brilliant. You talk a lot in the book about mental skills. Mm. I'd like you to talk about the one I really loved and I picked up on it was uh, the one that Brent says was uh, 
where the mind goes, the body flows. Yeah. I thought that was absolutely fantastic, and I probably plagiarized the shit out of that the last few weeks. Well, in fairness, Brent stole that from me. Ah, Brent! <laughs> so there's a bit of plagiarism going on left, right, and center here, isn't there? So you no, are. We're, we're good friends. Yeah, that's that's sort of mine, but we're good friends. So, right, I mean, so. And at the end of the day, it's all about getting it out there. Yeah. It's about getting this stuff out there. I often hear Brent on the radio talking about some of the stories that I told him when I was working with the All Black fellas that, <laughs> that he's kind of made his own. But again, as long as it's getting the word out, yeah, that's most brilliant. important. You know, and Brent's a great guy because he, he uh, talks a lot about his mental health issues. And he he's leading himself. from the front. He's a leader absolutely, in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot uh, in, in this space. So if we track back, so mental skills is, is a, um, a phrase that's been around sports for not, not too long, probably about a decade. Um, we used to have a big focus on uh, sports psychology. Uh, and uh, getting a sports psychologist in to, to teach a few things. But, you know, again, it's a case of making this as simple as possible. And what, what they found was is there's certain common skills that sports people use over and over and over again um, to train their mind. So this is where the phrase came from, mental skills. It's just training your mind using a particular skill. It's like if you imagine uh, learning to skip, you'd use certain muscles to learn to skip and practice, and you won't get a ride all the time, mm. but then... I was watching a guy run down the street with a skipping rope the other day. I thought, fantastic, I wish I'd be able to do that. Yeah. But, uh, but he's trained himself to be able to do that and to convey fluid. So it's the same deal with the brain. There's certain skills or habits that we can practice, uh, learn about practice, and, and they become a skill that we can call on. Yeah. Uh, and particularly call on when, when we're again, getting more stressed and moving towards distress. Or if we are... Facing into something like it, like a a you stress challenge, you know, like giving a presentation or going and singing, you know, where we've said we're going to do it, you can use these skills there as well, you know, to calm your system. And some very quick and easy ones you can do, and we'll probably talk about them, um, like grounding or centering, mm. um, reframing is looking at things in a different from in a different frame, putting on a different set of specs to see, to see it differently, not not negative or, or pessimistic, but optimistic and looking at uh, what's possible. Mm. Well, I use a thing called RAG, uh, reframing affirmations yeah. and gratuity. Fantastic. Every day, it's a, it's my go-to thing now, you know. So that's that's your mental skill. Yeah, that's, I go, I reframe you know it, and I, you know, this won't last. I've seen this before. This is a pattern of your behavior. Beautiful. You know, I don't believe my thoughts because they haven't served me well before, unless I, in a creative and loving moment, Mm. I can trust them. Mm. I'm in a state of fear of anxiety. Yeah. I was like, I can't trust this feeling. You're trying to lead me down a different path here. Lovely. And you know, I reframe it, and then you know, I, I always do affirmations. Fantastic. And then I think gratitude is just it's fantastic. Yeah. You know. Oh, totally, absolutely, and it creates serotonin and dopamine in your body. Hundred percent. Uh, adrenaline and cortisone, so it actually helps your body readjust. Mm. Um, there was, you're doing another skill there, I don't know if you're saying it out loud or just in your head, called self-talk, mm. where a lot of sports people do. I do a lot of self-talk. Yeah, yeah. We, we all do it, but the skill of self-talk is uh, having your go-to conversations to make you feel better or get you out of a hole or help you achieve better results. Because it's not all about stuff going wrong. It's it's about uh, also achieving greatness. Do you know what I mean? So mm. sometimes we need to encourage ourselves to take that leap of faith go there yeah the little you know? percentage yeah and i imagine you did that as well for example with your very first 
podcast. I'm sure that was pretty nerve wracking. Oh, look, I just bought a uh, just a recorder. Like I know I didn't even wear a podcast. He was Aaron was one of another podcast, and I said I done an interview. I said I don't know where this thing goes. And they were like, what do you mean? And I said like, where is YouTube? Or where is iTunes thing? Is up in the sky? Where does it go? And they went, are you for fucking real? And I I just got a recorder, stuck it on the table. Right. But I just made it. What I done was like the self talk. I just was having a downturn a minute. Hell, I was feeling down after breakup and all that. Yeah. And I just said, you know what? I'm gonna make this year different to any any other year. I'm gonna look back and say it was difficult, but you done all right. And then I start writing everything down that I did that year and always trying to do something new, always trying to do something new, whether we go to a yoga class or yeah, went yeah. to Thailand on my own or went to yeah. whatever. All these whatever. challenges you gave yourself. Hippie, hippie caps or trendy yogas or something, just anything. Just to go, check it out. Yeah. And experience yeah. yourself doing it. Yeah, because I never done it. And, and yeah, it's just, but it just, and I went, oh, this is working, or that's not working, and just, you just start adding a little bit of armory, don't you? Yeah, oh, absolutely, you know, we, we learn through experience, you know, uh, but we got to put ourselves into certain experiences to learn about ourselves, mm. and it's easy to avoid, it's easy to self-talk our way out of it, but the skill of, a mental skill of self-talk is towards improving something, yeah, is towards making something um, growth-worthy. So I talk in the book about a word I invented called potentializing, Potentialize, yeah. yeah, because we hear a lot about potential. Mm. You know, uh, he didn't reach his potential. They had great potential. Pubs yeah. in Ireland are, are full of potential. Yeah. <laughs> but again, it's a noun. We're, we're trying to describe something as a solid thing, whereas uh, potential is, is more about a doing thing uh, in the moment. So potentializing becomes a verb. And at any moment, we can potentialize that moment. We can do whatever the heck we want with our energy. Often we talk ourselves out of it. You know, ah, when I go for a walk, no, it's a bit weird. <laughs> I'm talking myself out of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to, well, I can potentialize that moment by just going and doing it. Yeah. Do you know what I just, mean? Just get up and do it. Yeah. By taking that that uh, that energy and moving on, you know, by, by learning, by, you know, furthering ourselves in the moment to improve whatever our situation is. That's potentializing. It's making that in the moment split decision to do it mm. as opposed to now. And you made loads of them this year to. Yeah, this stuff. year and last year, yeah. And uh, one part of the book I absolutely love was the, we talked a little bit earlier was the Celtic symbol, and that comes out of self reflection. And I love self reflection. I love the fact that you had her in the book, uh, and it was grand that I had the book and the audio. I was able to go to the book and see the symbol. I wanted to see. It. I don't know why. So I wanted to see this. And I thought it was because self reflection is excellent. Oh yeah. You know, even like reflecting on what you did, whether you be in an argument with somebody, like just to analyze and write it down. Or yeah. I love self-reflection yeah, because you're getting to know yourself better oh 100 you know we're all, we're all a work in progress and all. you know uh a b c d always be continuously developing is the kind of motto for life say that again sorry a b c d always be continuously developing wow i never heard that that's yeah. brilliant uh, i don't know if i made that we're going to plagiarize that <laughs> i don't know yeah, if i made it wrong that. but it's 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 true we're all you know we're developing until the day we die hmm. right now we have some skin in the game there we can choose to develop ourselves in different ways you know it's like putting fuel in the tank you know uh, and, and push ourselves that way so the celtic symbol is yeah, i must confess i i pinched it a little bit from um one of my favorite books um the power of now by eckhart Tolle. oh he, use, he uses a different symbol i absolutely love him 
Yeah. He was my saviour in 2013, 14, and 15. I, I gobbled up all his videos and books. Oh, and brilliant guy. Really interesting. I mean, he, he had a tough time when he was younger. He was homeless yeah, for about yeah. two years. What a story. Oh, brilliant. But you know, he did a lot of self-reflection. So I loved what he did in his book. And I thought, I haven't seen that before. It's a fantastic mechanism. And I want to do my version of that. So that, that the, my version is the, I'm, I'm a Celt, I'm Irish. You know, my, mm. All my lineage going right back is, is Irish. Um. So the Celtic symbol that I used is a bit more complex. So, but so I was at a workshop today and somebody said, there's any questions? And somebody then said, tell me about the Celtic symbol. Why did you pick that? I thought, oh gosh, I've never been asked that before. Hmm. Um, but the, the three sides are the mind, body, and spirit, which is the three bits to ourselves. Yeah. But in the middle is a circle. Apparently the answer is it. It's in here. Yeah. So, so the, the simple Celtic knot is the, is, is the three corners, mind, body, spirit. But the more complex one has a circle running through it. And for me, the circle running through it is our experience. It's because that's unique to us. Nobody uh, is like anybody else. You know, Every experience they have is different different to anybody else's. So they're mm. completely unique. So your, your experience, your middle of that knot has to do with you. And that's a great source of knowledge. And it's a great source of power. Actually, if you can tap into your own experience. Like you were talking about through self-reflection. Mm. Why did I say that? Mm. You know, what was I? What was I thinking? What was going on for me mm. when I did? Why that? am I feeling? Why am I feeling? You've had these feelings before. Can you trust them? Have they served you well? No, they probably haven't. This is born out of fear. If you had a drink now and you were calm, would you think like this? No, you wouldn't. Beautiful. You know, would you do this in a state of calm? Would you make this decision? No, I probably wouldn't. Then I don't know if I'll trust them. Yeah, and and therefore you'll make a decision. Maybe not to do yeah, that. Yeah, I'll say, no, I won't do it now. I'll make the decision when I'm, when I'm calm. Lovely. Absolutely. So that, that process of self-reflection is tapping into your, your inner energy in a conscious way and listening to it and then making some healthy decisions, mm. I would say, based on that. And we can all do that. And um, I put it in the book to slow people down. Love it. I say at the beginning of the book, you know, um, this book might make you um, win the race, but it's not a race. You don't have to read the book like it's a race because you mm, choose the book. Yeah, you don't yeah. actually take it in. So read a bit, and if the symbol appears, put it down and reflect on what it means for you. Yeah, I think it's excellent, and it's it's, it's about taking that as Edgar talks as well about it's that pause. Yeah, it's that gap, and finding that space between your thoughts is is it's very hard to, you know, even that kind of. That's where yeah, the magic is, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely, take that breath. And then take another one, and then take another one, you know, and slow it down, because uh, life is not a race. You know, we're not, we're not. There's no end in sight to say, "Oh, I've won." You know, yeah. it's all about um, how we're using our energy and tapping into it, and, and what we're doing in the world, and what we're doing in our relationships, and and what can I bring? Mm. But that takes a little bit of time to figure out. Yeah, and that kind of it's lovely. It leads me on to my next question: Is you had in the book is in an internal reason. When you can tap into that, you know, what is your, your eternal reason? What's your, as you say, what's the four Ds, you know, uh, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. So the, the, the first one being drive. Uh, mm. It's a D for drive, which is, drive is just energy. You know, like uh, if you imagine uh, in a car, you can get into a car, but you don't even put you, until you put your foot in the pedal, mm. you know, to make it go. So same deal with us. So, you know, you, you can... You can tap into your drive or you can just kind of let yourself go on and on and on and be driven in a way that's not very self-reflective uh, and therefore you might not get to where you want to get to. Mm. Yeah. So the second one is direction. So if you got 
uh, you got the drive and you know how to tap into that. And I talk a little bit about that in the book. Well, where, where are you going? What, where, what's your direction? And again, I created the four Ds, but it's what I, what I um, saw that lots of sports people do, lots of successful people do. They, they have goals. They do find a direction. They do figure out what they want to achieve this year or next week or in their lifetime. Yeah, they might write them down or put them up and they're working towards that because they have direction. Because if you don't have direction, mm-hmm. you, know, you can go all over the show. What did you say in the book? Uh, uh, I think it's from Alice in Wonderland. A man that doesn't know where he's going will always find his way. Yeah. Um, what any way will do. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What, what, what that one stands for. Is it, yeah. Yeah, because you just, you just, you just, is yeah, it from Alice in Wonderland? It, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's what it is. If we, if we don't pick a direction, we'll go somewhere. Mm. But it could be anywhere. Mm. As opposed to if you're a bit more conscious about it, yeah. then you can achieve more stuff and be satisfied with that. Then the the, the, the third D is, is determination. That's what I, what I came across. <coughs> um, again, military and sports and stuff like that is that um, don't give up. Don't, you know, don't give up on your goal. Mm. You know, whether it's getting fitter or going to Thailand or checking out that yoga. Don't give up on that. Just try it. It's the end goal, isn't it? It's planting your flag, having your vision. I love that about the book as well. There was loads of visualization. Brent talked about it at the start. Yeah. Really, his that really hooked me straight away. Great it was this visualization he had already planned, and then I, I felt when the, the doubts and fear and the overthinking came along, it clouded the vision, and then you start to lose it, and don't you? Yeah, yeah, and and then how do you get back to it? That's you know that's the calling. Come mm. back to your direction. Come back to what you're trying to achieve and get yourself back there. Mm. You know, Brent talks about you know when, when when he suffers majorly from anxiety and he causes the Gatling gun in his head and he gets all these negative thoughts just smashing into him. Yeah. Uh, but he knows now it's gonna it's gonna go away because he's experienced it so many times. He knows yeah. it's gonna go away. I was only talking to somebody today about that and he said the goals they just will not stay. And I used to fear that when I came out. Oh, here we go mm. again. It's gonna mm. start forever. And it's that fear, isn't it? It won't is. go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we forget that actually one guarantee is change. Everything changes. Yeah. That's a guarantee in life. It's never going to stay the same. Uh, yeah, but we get catastrophic, don't we? Going, oh, it's going to be like this forever and I'm stuck like this. And what if and what if. And, yeah, know, yeah, they had balls for me, uncle. Uh, you've interviewed a lot of like really top sports people. Were they quite generous with their time? How did you How did you pull that thing together? You had the likes of Jeremy O'Rourke, Ken O'Doherty. Uh, lots of lots of uh his mate Dan Carter, um Conrad Smith who's overdoing a bit here. Lots lots of rugby, lots of coaches, lots of David Gillick. Re- really, really fantastic, generous um sports people. None of them got paid. Um we told them what the purpose of the book was. You know, mm. we, we, it's around mental health and it's around success and teaching these skills. And they just opened up and some of them opened up like tremendously you know i'd ask them you know what is what does winning mean to you what does success mean to you uh, how do you handle disappointment because that's part of the gig um what do you do when you're feeling low like you've lost and you're in the hotel room by yourself and the stuff you're running that's stuff to your head how do you get out of it uh, and they, they they shared a lot and i, I admire that actually about everybody in the book was their willingness to share and open up and be human and and give away a few of their secrets as well sure. i mean that what works for them because mm-hmm. you know I mean? they're still competing you know there's other people might read oh yeah yeah they're yeah. competing against them they're but still in the game still in the game but uh but you know they did it for good reasons and mm. uh, my job was to take some of what they said and break it down into how can you use this uh tomorrow 
or in an hour. You know, what, what do they talk about when they talk about goal setting or perspective thinking or reframing or grounding or, you know, there's a stack of them. Uh, how, how can you, how can you make that yours? That was my job, really. Hmm. And I, I know there's some of the stuff that you talk about in the book and the, and the sports people talk about in the book are nothing, you know, scientific and, you know, it's not for the jargon, it's very simplistic, but to hear from them, it just gives it a little more weight, doesn't it? It gets people like they have this magic secret, but yeah, what they're saying is just simplistic and then you can apply it. Yeah. Did you find that? Yeah, I mean, to me, these guys are proof of the pudding guys. You know, yeah. These, these guys is in everybody. It's, it's mm. not, not a male term. Yeah. Um, the, you know, how, how do you handle yourself when you're taking that final kick before the whistle goes and millions of people are watching it and it's, you know, it's a win-lose type situation. How do you manage yourself? What goes through your head? What goes through your body? How do you cool yourself down? Uh, one of the guys you work with, uh, I think it's yourself. Oh, it's not. It's another organisation. Dean Rock, who's uh, in Dublin, was he? Absolutely. Uh, he 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 he's taken lots of major kicks, uh, and um, he 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 loves it. So that that's a reframe. So love the pressure. You know that's that's a fantastic reframe. It's it's his job. So of course he wants to do it. Fabulous. I I heard a great reframe the other day. Um, Dame Judi Dench. You know Dame Judi? Fantastic yes, actress. Yeah. I've done loads of stuff. But uh, she was sitting around with another Dame, Maggie Smith, and they were talking about it. And they were talking about fear, you know, like in terms of performance. Mm. And she, her, her, what she said was, uh, oh, I love fear. Fear is fuel. And I thought, oh, hello. That's a fantastic reframe. Okay. She says, oh, I need fear to, to get me out there, to get me acting. Yeah. You know, she... She feels it, you know, obviously she, oh, yeah. you know, the nerves and stuff, but she, fear is fuel. Yeah, and, so, oh. and I use it when I'm writing discharge reports, you know, and I used to try start them months before, and I'd meander through them, oh, I'll start tomorrow, but then I left it a week or two before I had to do it, and the fear of not having it done. <laughs> That's I, can't, right I, 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 I can't let that be happening. And then I'm bumming, <laughs> I just, da, 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 da. I'll be doing the crane. <laughs> I still haven't done the like, LMX or whatever you do, but now I'm like... But then the fear of letting somebody down, not getting the job done, that's motivated. My team, I'll be like, I'll be seeing that it's not out on time. We have to have a discharge out on a certain date and bum, bum, bum. So you can use the fear then to motivate you. Yeah, and it's about, a mental skill is about knowing how to do that. Because, for example, it's nice to be punctual. (coughs) But there's some people who fear uh, ever being late. Eat them up, like that they can't ever be late. Well, that's that's not a good motivation. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it's it's nice to be punctual, but it's not the end of the world. No, if you don't make it on time. No, you know what I mean. It's a good time to break. You know, yeah. lots of stuff that can happen. Yeah. So it's about uh, balance. You know, using it when you need it, and then turning it off when you don't need it, or soothing yourself, bringing it down. Yeah, I think I've I've managed that over the years, but it took me a bit of work. You've been in this now industry a long time, and you've met all these people, and you've wrote the books. So obviously, your knowledge is gigantic, huge, <laughs> massive. <laughs> Was there any extra learning from it? What extra stuff did you pick up that you did? You know, did you ever have? I didn't know. I didn't know that. Or aha moments, or what was oh, the extra? All the time. Yeah. All the time. Sure. Uh, I still do. I like I watch Netflix and the stuff that I pick up. I love it. I when, just when love you knowledge. hear somebody say something like that, that gives you an insight to what's going through their mind mm. that allows them to kind of extraordinary things. I'm always learning about myself again. Yeah. ABCD. Always be developing. So. Um, we're all a work in progress. We're all a painting that that's not finished until the end. 
Yeah, um, we have some control over that, and then sometimes we don't. There's some stuff that happens in, in life that is completely out of our control that we can't influence, and then there's some stuff we can. So, uh, you know, part of my practice is self-reflection. You know, it's part of being a therapist. It's part of working with people um, and respecting humanity, mm. me being part of that, being human too, so not being too hard on myself. Mm. So it's, it's, I'm always learning, and humans are fascinating. Let's face it, you know, we're complex, oh, the most complex yeah. animal that exists. So we're fascinating what we can get up to. Uh, and also brilliant. Yeah. So one of the learnings when I when I before I worked with the um, elite sports people, I used to think they're mad. Some of them are mad in terms of what they put their body oh, through. Yeah, 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 I yeah. think, what are you doing? You know, they yeah. smashes the big hits, or they or they go on. You know, they they do what would what we would think is risky things, but actually, uh, what I've come to big one of the big aha moments working with lots of sports people is they're pushing the boundaries. They're living in a world of youth stress because every day they take on the challenge. You know, they, they train hard and they look forward to the tests at the end of the, the week. Not, not to see uh, who's going to win or lose. That's only part of it, but to see how well they're going to perform, how they're going to show up. Mm-hmm. And I realize, you know, um, there, there are people out there who are pushing the boundaries uh, of physicality, of psycho, psychology, of science and medicine, stuff like that. Um, and one of the big aha moments was actually what they're doing is very healthy. My frame of reference was the one that was wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking there was something wrong with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that that said more about me yeah. than them. You know, yeah. so uh, I I admire what they do because they uh, in all sports because it's a real commitment, mm-hmm. a real commitment what, what they what they go through, and they love it for the most part. And they part of the you know having worked with lots of people who moved into retirement, for example, from sports or had to finish early because of injury which is very very uh, different um a lot of them look back and it's it's not it's not the it's not the awards or the medals and stuff they won or, or the or the cups it was it was sharing the experience with their pals mm. being part of a team and the memories they created with with their friends effectively and that's and i'm sure that comes back around them when they come into retirement you know that loss of social connection that loss of identity that you know, yeah, well, if it, if it has to stop quickly, yeah, yeah. But again, taper out. a lot of these, a lot of these uh, teammates and and individual players like tennis players and stuff like that, you know, they, they form close relationships that they that stick with for life. You know, they they can uh, they each know it's a difficult journey to be a sports person, mm. so they have empathy for each other. So they they're good people to turn and talk to later on in life too. You know. Yeah, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. We touched a little. A bit on it earlier, uh, energy shift, and could we go back and talk a little about that? Uh, you know, like the stuff we talked—the physical, the social connection, the grounding. Yeah, yeah. So, um, one of the techniques that I, uh, I'm a big advocate for is is understanding that any stress in the body is just energy. It's just uh, you know we're a biochemical factory, you know, so we're just producing chemicals all the time, and chemicals like adrenaline, and cortisol, will kind of speed up as aspects of our body. Uh, and then sometimes uh, energy can get stuck in different parts of our body, different parts of muscles, and certainly can get stuck in our brain um, where we overthink, you know, and thoughts themselves are just energy, just mm. uh, synapses shooting off um, neurons. And if we get stuck in our head, we're not, we don't have to stay there, mm. right? We can use other techniques like CBT around changing, changing our thought patterns or self-talk or whatever it might be. 
But sometimes we, we, that doesn't work because we're using thinking to combat thinking. Mm, yeah? You should tinker away of a problem when that has been the problem yeah. brought us to what yeah. we're thinking. Uh, or, you know, with mindfulness as well, we're, we might be using a different part of our brain to, to uh, view the, the thoughts in a different way to let them go. But we're still using our brain to a certain degree. We don't have to. We can put our energy somewhere else. We can mm. put it, and, and I talk about this, you know, sending energy to your feet, you know, sending energy to your big toe, which has the longest neuron in the body. Um, and just spending time there, mm. connecting with, feeling into, um, talking to, to a certain degree, uh, your feet. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, what you'll find is the energy will shift down there, blood will go down there, your feet will get hotter and more sweaty, um, and your mind will start to clear and your system will start to cool down a bit. Because it's now not being agitated up here, it's now gone somewhere else, consciously. Mm-hmm. And the, the other part of the body is um, feeling pretty good. So our, naturally our breathing starts to cool down and slow down. Mm-hmm. I used to... Uh, you know, that's, that's a grounding technique, which is shifting energy into your feet. With some of the sports people, um, they may not have time to get into their feet too quickly, or you know, they might have not enough time to get into their feet uh, and spend a bit of time there. But if they're, if they're noticing they're, they're being distracted, their head is going um, you know, with negative self-talk, mm. uh, clap your hands three times, loudly. Right? And then feel the sting. Right. Just feel the minor pain. And what that feels like. That's just energy shifting. Right? And, and that will move away. And it's, that's a trigger technique. But the sensations, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, I talk, you know, uh, people struggle with presentations. Mm. Uh, because they're, you know, they're, a lot of the action gains in the head. Mm. Over worrying or going blank and freezing up and stuff like that. So what I say sometimes is bring something that you can have in your hand. That when you press it, you'll feel minor pain. Right, nothing serious, but that you can do that. Just I know you're doing that, and have trained that to to help you relax. Yeah, um, it could be the, the top of the pen. I've seen someone putting, you know, like a hairband on. And yep, just, just do a elastic. snap. Absolutely, that's very yeah. common. So stuff like that. Uh, I used to back in the day when I was doing big presentations, look around and find a stone, small stone, and then I just have a hair and I just push in when I felt my heart rate going up, and uh, I'll have trained. For when I feel that sensation, I want the opposite to happen. Okay. I want my heart rate to go down. I want to breathe more slowly. And, Fantastic. Yeah, just by doing that. Anybody can do it again, but it's just a little bit of training and a bit of mm. conscious practice. Brilliant. And it was it was so, you know, we just talked about science. Just before you had come into that room, uh, I had been working with the trainees in the hospital. We had our shoes and stockings off, and we were doing grounding. Yeah. And you started talking about grounding. I was like, is this a wind-up? This is fantastic, you know. uh, I really kind of consolidated. Like, it's just, oh, it's just, I love the, you know. Uh, I love meditation. Absolutely. And you talk about that. Uh, And another thing, and I loved about when you done that talk, was you didn't bang the exercise drum. Now, I'm sports science is my background, but it's not the great way hope that everyone goes on about. It's all about the, the ducks in a row that they say to people. But, and it was lo- lovely that you said that. It's, it's not an easy one. Go out and exercise. Go out and exercise. Because it might yeah. not work for you. No. And, and um, X can scare some people. Oh, 100%. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the, the, you know, even, even just getting into the gear to go out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the Lycra. There's oh, a spandex. No one wants no to see me in Lycra. <laughs> I it, try. It can put people off. And actually, we can do exercise at any time. Yeah. Like in yeah. our house. Yeah. You know I mean? Absolutely. Potentialize the moment. 
get up and just jump around. Dance is another great form of exercise. Yeah. Belting out a song is is a type of exercise. But it's it's good to have something scheduled into our diaries on a regular basis if we can, because we're so time poor, we get so busy, uh, we can neglect the physical side of ourselves. But as you say, it's only one part. Mm, absolutely, yeah. As uh, and I love that you talk about meditation. Uh, do you think we're getting a shift? in Irish culture, in culture in the world, the kind of spiritual conscious movement, are we move, is it more uh, accepted? I think it is. Uh, meditation, mindfulness. Oh, it, it, you know, we talked earlier. The Western version of it. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah that's that, exactly. They've been doing it eons. Is, yeah, so even the word spirituality, we're, we're able to use more fluidly than we would previously. Mm. Previously, we talk about religions. Yeah. And not use the higher level word of spirituality. Now we all kind of have a sense of what it means, and we can all have our own personal uh, spirituality. Um, and meditation, again, it's, it, I see meditation as a mental skill. Mm. It's something that you can learn and practice and, mm. and habitualize as something you can go to. Um, so it doesn't have to have the spiritual side, but it can also, you know, if you look at where it comes from. In terms of say mindfulness coming from or mindful awareness coming from buddhism there's a whole lot of stuff behind that mm. which is also very interesting in terms of uh, how you want to be in the world mm. not just how you want to cool down your system but no. how you want to be as a person yeah. and how you want to contribute to society right? a spiritual purpose you know yeah, what you want to type of person want to be morally you know spiritually yeah it's not just the meditation it's a whole kind of lifestyle element to it they can try, be. try adapt they can be, yeah um but it, even Purpose itself doesn't have to be spiritual. We, we, we can find our purpose, like mission, yeah, and our values. Be a nice person. Be kind Absolutely. to people. Be kind to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That 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 can be a mission or a purpose because sometimes we can forget to do that. Mm. We need to bring ourselves back to doing that. So, uh, but but uh, a lot of stuff is coming out about meditation. It's very good. I love Methabasana meditation, love and kindness meditation. Jack Cornfield, this was a couple of years ago, and I was you know visualize a person you love, like my daughters. I just like wow, that hit me here, and I never got. I was like, wow, that's like kind of addictive. Yeah. I was going to do more of that in a good way. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't on IV. Like taking meditation. it's beautiful. Like yeah. really, as I mean, it really opened up my eyes. That that's actually what I want. Me like love and kindness. Nice, fantastic. And your heart at that moment. Your oh heart yeah. Oh yeah. And I didn't have a drink. I was like, this <laughs> is lovely. It is, and it's it's about having some of this healthy and natural stuff to call it i mean most people not most people sorry a lot of people particularly here in ireland if you go back uh, you say the word meditation it's like oh well you know mm. um not knowing that actually when we're daydreaming we're meditating yeah do you know what i mean that's that's a form when we're sunbathing we're meditating because often we're very very present mm. you're just hearing the um noises you've got your eyes closed you can hear the noises around yeah, the water yeah. or the kids or the you can feel the sounds, you can feel the beads of sweat. That's a type of meditation because you're being very, very present. Yeah. yeah. So there's all different types of meditations. And it's, um, as I say, it's different strokes for different folks. Yeah. It's not all just in a lotus position. You know, no, looking right. at an apple or a flame, you know. Uh, yeah. You can find your own or course, find a variety of your own and play with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as I said earlier, we talked about the book being simplistic, you know, visualization, jargon free, easy to do. Was that, was that your 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 vision from the get-go yeah it had to be okay. yeah. yeah and this is one of the things i learned from um being a transactional analyst ta which is yeah. one of the things in ta is um 
if you can't explain it to a child, then then you're not getting it right. Mm. You know, if it's too complex that a child doesn't understand it, then your communication is not right. So even though you might be uh, bringing together some complex ideas, you gotta get the language right so the other person absolutely understands it, and it, it goes into their frame of reference so they understand. Yeah, I know what you mean from my experience. You remind me of a, my favorite lecturer, Jared Collum, when I study microbiology. He explained to us about insulin and glucagon and all that in a song. I was like, this is a microbiologist with 50 lads singing about insulin in glucagon. And we were like, ah. He explained a, a really Brilliant. difficult process through a little song and interpretation. And we were like, oh, I was like, this guy's a legend. And I was looking at you up on the, the in the podium. I was thinking, he reminds me of someone. And I went, boom. That's who it was. Because you re, re explaining something so that could be perceived as complex in a very take-home message way. You know, yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, it's, and it's important because, if, you know, if it's too complex, some people will get it and you'll turn a whole lot of people off. Mm. Yeah. And if, if my mission is to reach as many people as possible, I have to get that language as, as, as clean and clear as possible. Cool. And user-friendly, actually. Without uh, stealing too much from the book, yeah. can you leave us with a couple of tips or things to do? I know we touched on meditation, uh, strategies for winning against stress. Uh, winning against stress, well, I mean, to a large degree, it's about understanding what's stressful for you. You know, I'm talking about the not good stress, yeah, because there's a lot of a lot of great stress, like I was talking about you stress. So a big a big tip I would say to anybody is, when was the last time you had a hobby? Yeah, <laughs> find one, you know, uh, and start to do that because it'll make you feel an awful lot better. Yeah, if you're up for it, give yourself set yourself some. Challenges. Hmm. Yeah, they don't have to be massive. No. You know what I mean? Greatness doesn't have to be climbing Kilimanjaro. Greatness no, absolutely. You know, for some it people it might be as well. Yeah, yeah. Some people might go, yeah. But it doesn't have to be. That, that doesn't you know? need to be a metric system. Turning so, up is absolutely. Um, so I would say, you know, create a few goals that are going to challenge you that have nothing to do with earning money or um, work or anything. It's personally for you, you know, that that you can can drive a bit more. Um, Get to know your warning signs. Uh, people around you will help. Do you know, like, uh, you, you know, my wife will know my warning signs mm. long before I asked her what they were. Yeah. So, so you know, your friends are your advocates. 100%. So if, if you, if you want to know about what your warning signs are, and you'll only see so many of them because, you know, yeah. we all, I can't we're see quite the repetitive. We're repetitive. Exactly. We do the same thing. Exactly. Um, get to know them. And, I think probably the biggest tip would be active reflection. Mm, you find a time in your day or a couple of times in your day just to chill out and reflect on um, yourself, where you are in the world, how's it going, uh, what do you like. Mm. Um, there's one particular one that, um, uh, what is it, what is his name? I think it's Daniel Goldstein. Is it Goldstein? I don't even get it right. He, he does the um, www exercise, okay. which you can reflect on every night when you get into bed. What went well? Just ask yourself, what went well today? Right. And come up with three things. There'll right. be loads. Let's go into bed on a positive, like, you know, that's just setting the, the tone. Yeah, and it's it's good energy. Yeah, you probably but, sleep better. Yeah. But the more you do it, the more you realize there's much more than three. 
There's yeah, loads of great stuff. Oh, only three. But you, but you, you tend to forget it. So www. What went well? Then you get into bed. Brilliant. Build that into your habit. Positive psychology, right there. Absolutely fantastic. Last question. Last but not least, we're we're just on the hour, and we get out of here. What's the one thing you would like people to take away from this interview after listening to you? Bum bum bum. Wow. Okay. Yowzer. Um. A sense of the possibilities, right? Because if we're talking about energy, we're talking about being able to consciously shift energy. None of us knows what we're capable of, either physically or psychologically or emotionally. We just don't. We often limit ourselves. So if, if people want to take something away from this is to know no matter what their situation, there's so much possibility available to tap into. And you start with yourself. Start with freeing up the energy in yourself to go and achieve lots of great stuff. But also that it's okay to go and talk to others to help you achieve that great stuff. Yeah. Wow. Jason Brown, thanks very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. More uh, than welcome. I urge people to go buy the book. Please go and buy it. Go on Audible, buy the book. We'll put the link uh, to Audible and also on our, our show notes, won't we, Aaron? And social media, he'll plant us all over the place. He's been taking videos and pictures. So absolutely delighted every show. Thanks for your time. I look forward really to seeing it actually. Deadly.